everybody. I see the, the ministry is here. Everybody is here. We, we will then allow, now hand over to Mr. Sakaza to take us through the roll call and, uh, and, and so that we are then able to, to, to start with our meeting. Over to you, Mr. Sakaza. Thank you, Honorable Chair, and good morning to Honorable Members. Chair, we have today the following members. Uh, we've got the Chairperson, Honorable Dindra. We've got Honorable Nonsele, Honorable Mdabe, Honorable Zuma, Honorable Hinana, Honorable Begram, Honorable Kado, Honorable Ngobo, Honorable Mkondo. We also received an, an apology from Honorable Dena Chair. From the support staff chair, I've got myself, uh, Mr. Ngobo, the content advisor, Mr. Mukpena, the researcher, Mr. Maputi, the communications officer. We have uh, an apology from Kushia, the committee assistant. Thank you, chair, from my side. Uh, th th thank you. I would have thought that you would I've spoken to Ms. Ndabeni. Her child was admitted yesterday. The child is still in hospital, but much, much better than yesterday. But she is then awaiting a doctor's rounds to check if the child can be admitted today. Thank you very much. From the, from the ministry and the department, who is going to take us through? Good morning, Chairperson and the Honourable Members. Um, Chair, we have the Deputy Minister, um, who's part of the, uh, the the team. We also have um, we also have the Commissioner of the Unemployment Insurance Fund, uh, Mr. Debucho Maruping. We have the CEO of Productivity South Africa, Mr. Mut. Motiba. We have the Executive Director of NetLeg, uh, Ms. Lisa Seftel, and they are accompanied by um, Ms. Fezaga Puzi, who is the CFO of the fund, and uh, Dr. Ludla, who is the CFO of Productivity South Africa. We have also Mr. Justice Chifularo um, from uh, Productivity South Africa. We have the the um, chief of staff in the ministry, Mr. Kangala Mutumela, and we have Karabo uh, Mahakane, the office of the deputy minister, and we have Cosma Matabelo Matabache, who's in my who's in the teacher's office. Um, I'm struggling to identify others because they either uh, joined using their, their cell phones uh, chair. Um, we have Sibusi um, Sopakati, who's the CF, CEO of SCE. Um, we have, of course, Tando Wababa, who is the PLO. We also have Mr. Tim Kalipi, who's the acting DDG responsible for 
labor, labor policy and industrial relations. We have uh, Zandim Well in the office of the deputy minister. Those, those are the people that I can identify, uh, Chair. Um, like I said, I think others have joined using different uh, uh, gadgets. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, DG. Uh, can those that have got uh, different gadgets, uh, I'm sorry, those that have joined in using gadgets, can they please identify themselves? I, I don't know, Mr. Sakaza, do we have guests? And if we do have guests, can guests please identify themselves? My name is Tulas Nesli. Oh. My name is Tulas Nesli as a guest. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, DJ. I know you are not expecting me here. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Minister. Any other guests? I think that was on a lighter note. Any other guests? I don't know why why uh, 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 people don't want to identify themselves. We have got somebody from UCT, and I don't know why she is not... Uh, I don't know whether she has written in the in the in the chat, Mr. Sakaza. Uh, let me check. I've got Miss. Um, um, what's this? Sham, Shamsuddin is CEO from from Netlet. Um, Netlet, Net sure. Yes. And also Mr. Sabel Omali, who's uh, a spokesperson of the ministry. No, that's fine. It's only this lady from UCT who is just not prepared to tell to for us to 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 for her to identify herself. But if we were physical, that's what she would then have been expected to 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 to, to do that to tell us who she is. It is just just one of those unfortunate things, but uh, yeah, we will, uh, Mr. Sagaza. You'll have to keep on checking. Otherwise, uh, uh, Minister, any overview before we start? Thank you, thank you, Chairperson. The. I must also put an apology that I have an item in the cabinet. That's why the, the DG was not expecting me here. And, uh, but uh, the cabinet has been rescheduled to half past nine because of a number of uh, uh, meetings which had to take place. But in, in short, Chairperson and the honorable members of the Portfolio Committee, of course, the DG and the officials of the department, the parliamentary support staff, and all those who are here, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks uh, for the opportunity. We welcome, of course, your oversight and scrutiny of the department and, and the entities. The officials will provide a detailed presentation let me just flag the following points. 
in relation to the UIF, the low performance rate of 44% against set targets, we will see that on slide five, should perhaps be mitigated by the fact that this represents a bounce back from the constant quota on quarter decline during the 2021, uh, uh, the period of, we all know of the worst of the pandemic and lockdowns. You will see that on slide 13. But on a positive note, slide six to nine indicate that the UIF is at least collecting sufficient evidence to measure performance. Also, important point or important to point out is the role of the internal audit and monitoring and evaluation in providing necessary assurances to the performance reporting. You will see that on slide 10 and 11. And I believe that this is an indication of intent to tackle the many problems the UIF has, has, has faced. The honorable members will certainly want to interrogate the fund on the targets which were not received. These are listed in slide 16 to 21 and seek assurances that these matters are being, are being, are being addressed. The same goes for the budget variances which are listed in slide 23 to 26. In relation to NetLeg, I want to commend NetLeg for the critical role it continues to play in promoting social cohesion and specifically in facilitating an all society response both to the pandemic and subsequently to the economic challenges, which we know the, the pandemic brought in its way. The, the average uh, performance rate of 38% slide five is somewhat misleading, as you will see that the core business functions uh, performed are at 100%. In relation to the productivity South Africa, <clears throat> the entity regularly reminds us that South Africa faces amongst others a crisis of falling or stagnant productivity, that's on slide nine. This has a very negative long-term consequences for the economic growth and competitiveness. With limited budget product, contributing productivity and their business by business, particularly the SME sector, which was specially hit hard by the pandemics and, and, and the lockdowns. So the entity is also well managed with 100% performance against targets. That's on slide 12 to 16 in their presentation. Indeed, in most cases, targets were overachieved. Slide 20 tells the story of a well managed entity which achieves an unqualified report. Chairperson, I think um, the DG maybe when he makes his presentation or introducing the commissioner, uh, he has been absent for some time. You know, he had been suspended. The DC processes have taken place. 
and uh, we had to respect those DC processes, and he has been uh, uh, brought back. But the DG will be able to give more details because we still have uh, more staff who are undergoing uh, the DC processes at the level of uh, at the UIF. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, thank you, thank you, Honorable Minister. Thank you very much for that brief, important overview. Uh, we will then uh, hand over to DG for the introduction of the of of, of the of the of the of the the first presentation, which is is UIF. Over to you, DG. Thank you very much, uh, Chair. Um, just to start where the minister left off, um, um, you'll, Chair, you'll remember that I have written to the committee to indicate that uh, um, after we have concluded the disciplinary processes um, involving the uh, Commissioner of Unemployment Insurance Fund, Mr. Debukomarupin, um, we decided that you will bring him back um, in line with the sanctions that uh, um, that that has been meted out uh, based on the on the uh, uh, the allegations um, and uh, allegations that uh, that were put to him um, in the letter that I sent to the, the committee I indicated that uh, the sanction that Commissioner Maruping received was the uh, final return warning and a one-month suspension of pay. So on the 1st of uh, February, uh, Mr. Marupink came back and then resumed his, uh, his duties as, a, as the Commissioner of the Unemployment Insurance Fund. And um, as Minister indicated, we still have to finalize two more uh, that involve the colleagues that were suspended um, um, the, the TC process is still continuing. Um, once that is finalized, we will then inform the committee um, as to what, what is the outcome of those. So for now, I'll hand over Chairperson to the uh, Commissioner, um, Commissioner Maruping, to take us through the UIF presentation. Thank you, Chair, and the Honorable Members. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Tichi. Over to you, Mr. Maruping. And uh, and you know the house the house the house rules is that uh, you will you will show us your face and you will also uh, uh, display your your report on on the screen. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Chair. Uh, I, I believe my, my face is, is visible. Yes, I'll start with the presentation. Yes. Okay. Uh, your, face, your face will have to be visible throughout the presentation. You seem to be having a, a problem. No, I'm here, Chair. It's just that okay. I was not prepared to share the document. 
You were not? I, I thought the, I was not I was not ready to share the document. I thought the secretary was going to share the document. So you are not a co-host. Oh, there it oh, is. There it's coming. Thank you. That's thank you, Matapelo. What a relief. All right, thank you, Chair. I can start. Um, I'm going to skip page one and go to page uh, two, Matapelo. On, on page two, Chair, this is uh, just a breakdown of the, of the agenda items that I'll be covering during the presentation, Chair. Um, Matapelo, page three. Page three, Chair, just shows uh, the UI vision, the values, the mission, and also the statutes that informs the work of the UIF and what drives our targets. But I'll not spend time on this slide, Chair. We can go to slide five, Chair. I think on slide five, uh, members, what we are reflecting on, on this slide, we, we just confirmed to the members that our quarter, one, our, our quarter one performance information has been audited by internal audit. And they have confirmed that what we as management say is 44%. Internal audit has confirmed that it, it is indeed 44% and the evidence that has been provided meets the requirements. And therefore the, the, the performance I'm presenting has been audited and, and, and proven to be correct. Uh, Chair, slide six, slide six, slide seven, slide eight, and slide nine, Chair. What I'm showing in these four slides Chair, is just a, a confirmation per target. Matter uh, if you can just go back to slide three, then we'll skip the others. What we are reflecting, Chair, on this slide, I'm just going to talk through to slide six only. What we are reflecting here, Chair, is what management presented to internal audit as, as our own performance and supplied the relevant evidence and what we're also showing is a confirmation from internal audit that indeed the evidence provided meets the requirements and is in line with the technical indicator descriptor. And therefore, internal audit was satisfied with the evidence. And they've expressed satisfaction with the evidence provided and also with the performance. That what we are presenting is a true reflection of our performance on the ground. And therefore, Chair and, and Chairperson and members, slide six slide seven and slide eight and slide nine, Chairperson, it's a reflection, as is a, a, a replica of slide six, but with different targets, just a confirmation that each target has been audited. No, each indicator has been audited and evidence provided and internal audit is satisfied with the evidence provided. I'll move on Chair, to slide 11. On slide 11, Chair, this is just, a summary confirmation that um, the, the targets were audited by management, confirmed by monitoring and evaluation. And we are just confirming that evidence was adequate, adequately uh, um, validated and we are, we are quite comfortable with our performance uh, as it is reflected, Chair. If you can go to slide 12, uh, the next one. Thank you. What we are reflecting in slide 12, Chair, is our performance over the quarters. Starting from quarter one in 2020-2021, I think as the minister indicated, from quarter one in, in the year 2020-2021, our performance dropped up to a point where in, in the final quarter we're sitting at 36%. And we just want to show uh, members that our performance has improved in quarter one already by 8% as the intention is to make sure that the trajectory continues 
in an upward uh, in a, in an upward direction. Thank you, Chair. Even if and go to the slide uh, 14. On slide 14, Chair, this is just a breakdown of each area. We have administration, business operations, and labor activation. Just to show that in administration, we had 12 indicators, achieved five, and missed seven, and we're sitting at 42%. Uh, business operations, we had six, we had eight, achieved six, and we're sitting at 75%. The, the difficult area is a labor activation program where we had five targets and we have not achieved any of the targets in that space. What I'm going to do here now is walk the members through detailed uh, indicator by indicator and just provide clarity on where we're sitting the target. So if we can go to slide 16. Slide, six, slide 16. The next slide. Uh, on, on this slide, Chair, it's, it's, I'm going to touch two areas, which is a percentage of wasteful and fruitless expenditure and percentage of irregular expenditure. What often, what drives a drop in these two targets, Chair, is, is how quickly the investigation is done and how quickly the necessary uh, corrective steps are taken to, to close the gaps. And the case in point, I think the minister did indicate, Matapolo, uh, you moved too quickly. Can you please go back to slide? Yes, thank you. Um, when we go to Treasury to request condonations, there's key requirements that Treasury would require. First is that you, you, have you have reported the wasteful and fruitless expenditure or irregular expenditure. Secondly, that you've done the necessary investigation. And then thirdly, that you've taken the necessary corrective steps where members or members of management or is it staff members may have probably been found to have done wrong. And it's only then that a particular wasteful and fruitless expenditure or an irregular expenditure can be condoned. And therefore you would see a drop in, in these two targets. And I think that the report um, in the next quarter, you'll start to see a drop because we are going to, to request and condonation on some of, of these items that are, are listed here. And I think the other one that we've missed is a percentage of invoice that we're supposed to be paid within 30 days. We've missed this one by inches. As you can see, the target is 100%. We are sitting at 99.6%. Only three invoices out of the 732 invoices were missed. And in the main is, is because of how our processes is structured that we've picked up now when we miss this target, that the, the invoices were moved from one area to the next and there were delays between one area to the next. And we're engaging the relevant people who caused us to miss this target to take the necessary corrective measures. Next slide, please. Slide, on slide 17 chair, I'll just focus on the red and leave the green ones. Um, we've missed the target on the number of jobs created through our URF funding and investment in initiative. I think in the main chair with this target is that with our investment portfolio, during the COVID period, we've spent more time withdrawing from the portfolio in order to meet the financial requirements for COVID tests. As, as we know, chair, we've spent about 60 billion rents on COVID tests. And that, that's the money that we had to withdraw from different investment portfolios, which also then disabled these portfolios from creating jobs. 
and we're hoping as the economy stabilizes, we'll start to see an improvement uh, in this target uh, in the coming year. Next slide. Um, I think this one, Chair, is, is affected in the main by our, our COVID tests. Because in, in the COVID test space, Chair, the number of cases that came that needed investigations were many. And it, it therefore shifted the focus of our risk, risk, our fraud and risk team to focus on COVID tests, especially given the amount that is involved with COVID tests. So we shifted our focus on COVID tests and focus on investing in Investi investigating those cases to an extent that some of the people that you picked up were even arrested and even reported to the asset and forfeiture unit. We've, we've brought in additional capacity in this space in a form of a service provider to help us to pick up speed on our investigations. We are also going to be set setting up a separate team to focus on COVID tests, follow the money project, which will en enable us to start picking up on this space, Chair. Yeah? We can move to the next slide. Um, on this one, Chair, if I can focus on the very top one, is a number of newly registered employers. This is a, a compliance drive, Chair, uh, and members, as you can see, we've missed the target by 5,000. In the main, Chair, this is owing to the economic condition in the country, that there were fewer businesses that were formed, there were fewer companies that were pursuing to form business. Instead, more and more companies were, were shutting down. We are actually fortunate that we're able to, to secure 15,000 companies that were formed in this period. But I think, as, a, as I said earlier, as the economy stabilizes, we are trusting that we start, we'll start to see more and more companies starting to register and more and more SMMEs being formed and, and this target picking up. Uh, with the compliance certificate, Chair, here, um, we, we missed the target due to the process being manual. One of, of, one of the interventions that URF is offering is the test benefit. And the requirement for the test benefit is for the company to be compliant. And the volumes in this space increased substantially or significantly to an extent that we have even automated this process. And I believe in, in, the, in quarter two, quarter three, and quarter four, because the project, the process has been automated we anticipate that the, the target will be met and we'll be sitting in a better position on this target. We can move to the next slide. Uh, Chair, I will skip on this slide, it's all greens, and just maybe go to slide 21. Uh, Chair, I think in, in the main here, um, this is the test space, as I was explaining now, that one of the key interventions to, during test was the focus for, for URF to, to help companies survive with a temporary employer employee relief scheme. And this is a process that runs through CMA, CCMA for us to find these institutions to, and to ensure that they survive the pandemic and that they continue to function. The demand was high in this space and it affected the rest of the areas. With respect to the labor activation programs, these are programs that are driven by a physical presence. And most of our service providers had not, um, did not quickly migrate to an electronic way of doing business. And hence some of the project paused uh, during the impact of COVID and we're anticipating that as, as, as the economy stabilizes, the labor activation program will start to pick up and will start to intervene in the economy and we'll start to see more and more of our project picking up and, and an improvement in these targets. 
Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, I'm going to ask the CFO to walk us through uh, quarter one financials. Uh, CFO, you can take over from here. Thank you. Unmute CFO. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, Honourable Members. Uh, I will then take you through our um, uh, financial performance for the quarter. Um, I think the main focus will be around uh, the programs. We have Program 1, which we normally uh, call it or it's, it's classified as admin uh, program. Then we also have Program number 2, this program has to do with our core business, which is claims payment. Then we have program number three. Program number three, that's where we pay labor activation and, and, uh, programs. If we can then go to the next slide. Okay, in terms of um, the admin expenditure side of it, um, is that 130% uh, of the budget was, was spent. Uh, and within the budget itself, the program itself, we had uh, uh, areas where we had uh, underspent, uh, given that as a fund, we have implemented um, cost containment uh, measures. And as well as uh, in this area, you'll also note that um, uh, that's where budget, uh, rather traveling is also uh, catered for. So due to COVID uh, um, uh, and the lockdown, um, we have not been traveling as much. So there is um, uh, underspending in that regard, as well as um, issues around uh, you know, catering. Less meetings were held, so there is uh, underspending in, in that regard. So if we then move to the main one, the next one, the next slide, the slides then talks to our benefit payments. As you know, members, that uh, um, we are currently paying for our normal benefits, as well as uh, COVID tariff payments, and the, we call it WABU, that is workers that are, were affected by the, um, by the unrest. Uh, in terms of the budget, 59% of the budget was spent, and 41% was, was, was underspent. And the main reason for that, uh, members, is that when we budget, uh, we normally um, work with the actuaries who then look at the worst case scenario and then we play a, a budget based on that. Um, with COVID tests as well, we looked at uh, potential cases that would receive and then we budgeted on that as well, including the workers that were affected by, 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 by Andres. But when we look at the reality uh, currently, uh, if I would then talk to the workers affected by the, um, by the unrest as well, uh, the money was set aside, but in terms of the spending, we have spent less on that, including the benefit payments as well. Uh, we have uh, spent less on that as well. Uh, if we then uh, move um, to the next slide. The next slide, uh, members will then talk to the labor activation programs. Uh, as if you can also link to the performance that was reported earlier on by the commissioner, where the performance there was um, not so good. Uh, you, that is also um, translated in terms of the budget 
you'll also note that they've only spent 3% of their budget and 97% of that has been underspent. This is due to Um, you know, um, the change in strategy previous years uh, in this program, the focus was just on, on training. That strategy has since been, um, been, been changed. And uh, the focus now is to support, you know, programs that would um, result in job creation. So that has resulted in the slow, uh, you know, um, uh, pace or slow movement in terms of signing off, uh, you know, of those contracts. And uh, what I can, um, you know, indicate to the members that, uh, quarter two, uh, when we come back to present quarter two, you'll, you'll note that there is an improvement. However, very slow, but there is improvement. Uh, that is my report, Chair. Thank you very much. DG, uh, anything else? Or Commissioner? before we open for questions? Uh, Chair, I'm comfortable. I will wait for questions, unless if the DG wants to add something. Thanks, Chair. No, thanks, Chair. Um, I'm not going to add anything. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, honorable members. Uh, there is the, there is the uh, presentation from uh, from from the from the UIF, I see two hands for now. Chairperson. Okay, the third one. All right. Okay, it's going to be it's Honorable Cardo, it's Honorable uh, Bagrain, it's Honorable Mkondo, it's Honorable Zuma, and Honorable Volmanas. In that order. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. I just wanted to spend a bit of time on these disciplinary matters at the UIF. And in particular, I wanted to know why it's taking so long to finalizing them. I mean, this relates, as we know, to the alleged acts of fraud and corruption. A year ago, we were told that charges had been brought against seven officials following an investigation by the Special Investigating Unit. And those disciplinary hearings, I was told at the time by the minister, were going to be conducted between the 19th and the 26th of February 2021. So it's almost exactly one year later, and we still don't know who all the officials are and what their designations are, what roles they perform at the UIF. We don't know the nature of the charges, and we don't know the outcome of the disciplinary hearings in each instance. So my question is, is this SIU investigation still ongoing? Does it have a deadline? If so, what is it? Uh, what was the outcome of that meeting that took place on the 3rd of December last year, uh, which the minister informed me about by way of reply to a parliamentary question? We keep on being told that we can't get any concrete information on the charges and the findings lest they compromise ongoing investigations. But, but that excuse is wearing pretty thin now. It's over a year since those disciplinary hearings against seven officials were held or meant to have been held. There needs to be an end date by which these matters will be finalized. Otherwise, this committee is simply being strung along. And what is that end date? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Cardio, Honorable Pakrim. 
Thank you, Madam Chair, and thank you for allowing me to ask. I appreciate it. Um, you know, just to follow up on the 12 months waiting for um, outcome of disciplinary inquiries, in particular, uh, the commissioner. Uh, we see that he also had 12 months' worth of salary. I think one month was suspended, and he didn't get salary for the one month, but we've spent 11 months. How much did we spend on the chairperson of these disciplinary inquiries? Was it done internally? What, what was the nature of the actual charges? I'd like to see the charge sheet. I think we're entitled to see it. And why wasn't any action taken for effectively a complete failure of the department in that we saw all this fraud um, across the board for almost two years within the department and the commissioner takes no blame for that whatsoever. So I'd like to know that. Um, also, just in terms of the actual failure of the TERS debacle, uh, we've seen complaints from all the trade union bodies, the employers, employees, almost across the board, and somehow no one wants to talk about that. There was a complete failure, and I, I suggest that we need a complete restructure of the UIF. Um, hopefully this will never happen again in terms of uh, COVID-19, but we certainly saw a complete failure across the board. Also, during the TERS, people applied for TERS, and the minister said they didn't need to be the employers didn't need to be compliant, but they must have a list of employers who weren't compliant, whose people did apply for TERS, um, and we should be picking up uh, a lot of employers who were recalcitrant. There are employers out there who are fraudulent and had never registered their staff, but then we must be seeing them. And I want to know what the commissioner is going to do about pursuing those companies and making sure that they're compliant and making sure that there's back pay of all the monies that are owing, we, we, we certainly need that. Um, and then and then finally, still at the UIF, you still can't phone anyone. You can't get hold of anyone. Everyone tells me that the, the phone lines are never answered. What's going on? Thank you, Madam Commissioner. Chair, sorry. Who's that one? Somebody said, Chair, sorry. No, that was me. I, I called you commissioner and I meant to call you chair and I apologize for that. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, apology accepted. Honorable Mukondo. Uh, thank you, Chair. Good morning uh, to you, honorable members, the minister, um, the DG, and uh, all colleagues and guests. Chair. It will be very embarrassing for members of this committee to get um, to get this department to finish either SCOPA or the AG with the detailed report of uh, this uh, disciplinary processes that are taking place in the department. I feel that uh, we really need to get this as uh, members of this committee because once um, other uh, committees of parliament and chapter nine institutions 
can get that there has been um, weaknesses, we will be embarrassed. But now we don't have full information as to exactly what is going on here. We need to be finished with this information so that we are able as a committee, first of all, to get a sense of what is going on and to be able to intervene um, as expected. Chair, the performance of the, of the quarter one, um, in slide uh, six, the, the vacancy rate is indicated as uh, to be green. I just want to check, Chair, that when uh, UIF has 11 indicators um, out, of 20, uh, out of 25 uh, achieved, 44% um, Chair um, is a very low percent in terms of uh, performance. But I'm checking as to when the vacancy rate has uh, improved, does that include um, a committee visited the UIF offices? We found that there was a high rate of a vacancy in the call center. And that is what is frustrating people out there because um, simple, in simple terms, it means they can't get hold of the UIF um, and their requests cannot be attended to as promptly as uh, possible. And I want also to check, Chair, that is the UIF not taken as an essential service? Because now we'll be talking, we, we have been told that we'll be having COVID-19 no one knows until when. So is UIF not taken as an essential service? And we were once told that the department has spent a lot of money buying gadgets for officials to work at home. Was that not meant for better performance, Chair? Because we're always receiving reports that uh, entities and the department can't perform because of the COVID-19. But we, want, we were once told that there were millions were spent, um, the staff was uh, 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 given gadgets to go and work at home. So that is why it's very difficult for some of us to accept that um, uh, uh, this department and its entities cannot perform because of COVID-19. It looks like an, an, ex, an excuse, uh, um, Chair. And um, it really needs uh, to be to be corrected. The many uh, cases, the terrors cases um, that were additional, um, chair. It it goes back to the essential service. How can this um, uh, 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 be improved? Because we, 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 we still have a lot of employees that are complaining 
that um, their employers did not um, comply. And then um, when is this going to improve? And how is UIF intending to improve this situation? Thanks very much, Chair. Before the next uh, member, I would, I would appreciate, Honorable Kondo, if you can uh, repeat uh, the question on, on which was reflecting on SCOPA, if, 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 if it's possible. Uh, thanks, Chair. It was a comment. I was saying it comment, will be yeah. better... It will be better if, as a committee, we are finished with detailed reports of these disciplinary committee processes, um, because we don't want to be embarrassed. Because one day we'll see these things discussed by SCOPA and the Auditor General, and we don't have full information. It will be better that we are given full information as members of this committee, and we are able uh, to intervene and, and be able to ask questions. Because if these things, uh, they appear on SCOPA and we don't know, we don't have a, a detailed uh, a, a report, um, it, 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 it becomes a problem, Chair. Thank you. No, thank you, thank you. Honorable uh, Zuma. Honorable Zuma. Yes, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. Morning, Chair. Uh, morning, Honorable Members, Minister, Deputy Minister, DG, and the team. Um, I just seek a, a clarity. What measures has the department and its entities put in place to closely monitor performance with the view of improving service delivery? Secondly, what plans do the department have to ensure invoices are paid on time within 30 days. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Zuma. Honorable uh, Voldemars. Uh, thank you uh, very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, good morning to the members uh, who are on the uh, platform. Uh, also, uh, good morning to uh, uh, staff from the department, um, including the uh, minister. Uh, uh, I must also thank the uh, commissioner for the presentations that uh, have come through. Chairperson, uh, firstly, I welcome the presentation. Um, it gives a lot of insight on, on where we are um, in the first quarter. Uh, by and large, the presentation um, uh, as already indicated, shows some improvement uh, in the first quarter in comparison with uh, the entire quarters that we had in the previous um, uh, fin financial year, uh, where it was on a down down uh, what uh, a spiral. So, so there, there seems to be an improvement, but. Um, it is not a satisfactory improvement in as far as uh, the report itself is concerned. Uh, throughout the presentation, you have your um, red colored blocks across the, 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 the slides. And um, uh, without 
um, side of what is going to come forward in the second quarter. Indeed, we, we will be forgiven um, to start uh, thinking of the red flags that uh, a report of this nature shows. So it might be a good improvement from last year, but it might still follow the same pattern if not taken care of. Uh, specifically, Chairperson, you have uh, slide six, seven, eight, nine, uh, which uh, Commissioner Marubeng said um, uh, was a replica of, of one of the slides, six to be specific. Um, so I'm concerned with, 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 with the red um, flag that I'm seeing there. But here there, there are reasons that, that are given there. Some are, are, are written satisfactory. Uh, meaning either the internal audit is satisfied with the, with the documentation at hand uh, that they have seen. Um, but I don't know whether it is, it, is, it is proper to be in the red and say you are satisfied with the documents. I think they should say something else or combine what they are, are, are saying with the following slides where, which, which says, um, which are specific on what are they satisfied about um, in terms of, of, of the red? Um, I also noticed that in some of the slides, Chair, um, maybe they would give an explanation that uh, I think they are shortchanging themselves in one of the slides, I think it's on 18, where something that is planned for um, the second quarter is already reported on as not been having achieved and I think they might be shortchanging themselves by saying they have not yet uh, um, uh, successfully executed an item which is still to come. I think they, can, they might re-look into that. Maybe it might be amber or green. Um, but, but I'm hopeful from what I pick up on the remedial action that is already in place that uh, something might be happening in uh, the, the, the second quarter. Um, so... Apart from the, 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 the DC detail that is taking uh, uh, some time from, from last year, by and large it gives a person a background uh, that says we are on the right track as compared to all the other, other quarters of, of the previous uh, year. So if they can just um, highlight and explain um, the, the multitude of reds in, in, in terms of the, uh, uh, the slides, and also, if, if I'm correct, uh, are they sort of changing themselves? Perhaps it needs to change and, 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 and take it from them. I would be, I would uh, appreciate such explanation. Thanks, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Members. I think that was the last hand. I, if, if there is a member who would like to speak, I, I, I can't see other hands. I would, I would then hand over to the to the to the commissioner and and the DG uh, uh, to respond. Thank you, Honourable Chair. Um, maybe let me start because some of the questions raised. Um, Can you please unmute? Chair, may I please interject while uh, the commissioner is, uh, is unmuting? Yes, Honorable Minister. 
not, not chair, there's, there's a slide, uh, and my apologies, there's a slide uh, nine, um, which also gives um, um, the auditor's comments, uh, also as satisfactory, but there's also where they said there was no evidence to be validated under the indicator. It's on a number of them and it's all red. Um, I know that they said they had a, a problem with the labor activation program, but I did not get um, what this uh, sentence would mean where there's no evidence uh, to be validated under the, the, the indicator, if they would uh, explain that if I missed it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. 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 Thank you. I remember. Sorry for that, Gigi. You may. Can you hear me, Chair? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Chair, I was saying, let me start with the questions uh, raised relating to disciplinary matters. Um, why it has taken a long time to finalize the disciplinary, the disciplinary process. Um, the committee will remember that we, when when we first announced the um, the suspensions, we indicated to the committee that um, the the department will not do an internal process. We will get somebody from outside the department um, to look at the to look at these cases, and that's exactly what we what we did. Um, and most of the time, the delays are as a result of the um, the availability of the, the chairperson, firstly, because the chairperson um, is also responsible for other uh, things um, where um, he's where he's he's or where she's from. So, so that's the first thing. Um, and the second thing, you remember that um, when this was done, um, they were, it, was, it was at the height of, uh, of COVID-19. And again, that impacted on the, uh, the, 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 the timelines, the, avail the, the availability of people to be able to attend. And some of the people even contracted covid uh, 19 themselves, and that made it very difficult for the process to be concluded. Secondly, for Commissioner Maropink, it, it has not taken 12 months for him to be under suspension. We took a decision that um, at some point that we'll bring him back and he'll spend time in my office um, do do some work. And that's exactly what happened. So bringing him back today doesn't necessarily mean that he has not been in the, he has not been in the department, he has not been working. He has been working uh, whilst we're waiting for the outcome of the disciplinary process. And once that has been, once that was concluded, we then um, sent him back to the, to, the, to the UIF so that he can resume his duties. We came to the committee, I remember this, and we indicated the, the number of officials that were, 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 were affected. And I do want to make this point that none of the officials were charged with fraud because in, the, in, in, in what um, the SIU picked up, uh, transgressions relating to um, supply chain processes. 
and and all those officials were charged with those transgressions. So the the fraud um, issues that uh, um, Honorable Cardo um, um, made reference to, I don't know those charges because not a single official has been has um, been charged with fraud, and and the charges were formulated based on their SIU report. And I do remember that the department came to the committee and and and, up, and briefed the committee. When some of the officials were brought back, uh, I'll make an example of Ms. Uh, Judith Kumbi, who was the COO of the um, of, of of UIF. We indicated that we brought her back. Um, we indicated that when the investigation was concluded um, on matters affecting the CFO. We indicated that we brought the CFO back um, because the investigation was concluded. The only thing that was outstanding was, a, was the, the disciplinary process. We also indicated the outcome of the other officials who were, um, were involved, and we indicated that um, they were they, a number of them pleaded uh, guilty, and the, um, they were then given a sanction. But if the, I, there's a sense that the committee needs a report. We will provide that report to the committee on on all these uh, all those cases and and how far um, how far the cases are. We did not spend a cent on the person who was chairing the the, the disciplinary hearing because it was somebody from this from government. And and that's why we didn't didn't spend a cent. In fact, it was somebody from the Public Service Commission. So um, we we didn't pay. I, I think I responded on the issue of the twelve months. Um, Honorable Bagram raised the issue of um, fraud that is rampant at the UIF. Um, and nothing happened to the to the commissioner. In fact, the commissioner is not taking responsibility. And and, and again, we we have been very consistent um, in as far as the, the provision of information to the committee in these matters. You will again remember, Chairperson and the honourable members, that we came to the committee. We said at the very beginning of the process of um, um, COVID test benefit. We said um, we will we will we will have a process called follow the money because we wanted to ascertain whether indeed the 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 monies that were given to employers made their ways made their way into the pockets of the of the employees and that's exactly what we've done um, the the reports on fraud. Um, were shared with the um, with 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 SIU. They were shared with the Hawks. In fact, the UIF um, sits at the Fusion Center, um, when all, all all these cases that involve tests uh, are discussed and steps are are being taken. And you must have seen that uh, um, or heard that the there were arrests that were made. Um, Involving the the members of the public that were and you know that defrauded the unemployment insurance fund. So 
It is not correct, uh, Chair, to say that uh, on matters relating to fraud, there hasn't been, there's nothing that has been done. We have not at this stage had a situation where employees of the Unemployment Insurance Fund have been um, implicated um, on, 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 on this. We yet to uh, get a report from the Hawks um, and the SIU that indicates um, that, that officials of the Unemployment Insurance Fund were involved in fraud. Once that report um, uh, reaches, our, our, reaches my table, we're definitely going to act on it. Um, the, fact that the, the, the assertion that COVID-19 tests is a complete failure. Um, Chair, I, I, I suppose um, this is a, an opinion um, of the honorable member, but we know that we know the impact that uh, COVID tests benefit um, has had in the in the lives of the uh, those workers that um, receive the benefit, and we know the impact that this has had to the employers. Um, that probably most of them would have closed shops as a result of uh, 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 the impact of COVID. So we think that this benefit um, did exactly what it was um, intended to do. We do accept the fact that there were um, failures on the part of, of UIF and also on the part of the employers because we're sitting with cases now where the Unemployment Insurance Fund is unable to process a number of claims, not because they don't want to, because the applications are not competent. Second, firstly, I'll give an example. Um, if you process the application and you go through all the other processes, and the only step that is left is uh, verification of bank, 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 bank details, and you fail that step, that step has absolutely nothing to do with the department. It's a matter between the, the bank and, um, and, and the individual uh, you know, claimant. And we've been trying to assist as, as a fund um, to make sure that these things are corrected because the outstanding claims reflect negatively on our part um, as, as if the UIF has not. And we've been working closely with the employers to, to resolve this. And a number of employers, in fact, have um, done something to resolve, uh, to resolve this, 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 uh, this matter. So from our side, um, even though there, there are failures, we cannot and we will not um, uh, classify um, COVID tests as, as, a, as, as a complete failure. The, the employers not registered, again, we indicated that we'll appoint uh, consultants to deal with the issue of um, following the money, and that's exactly what we've done. And the report has been submitted to the Unemployment Insurance Fund, and that report um, has been uh, implemented. Um, the Those employers who are not willing to make sure that monies that they did not pass on to the employees um, are given to the employees. We, we are um, passing that list on to the, to the, to the SIU and to the, and to the HOPS 
Um, so there are, there's a legal process that is underway to deal with those. And there are employers who are co- cooperating very, very well, um, who have paid, um, and the commissioner will share to you the amount of money that has been paid by the employers back. I think it, it amounts to just over 900 million. Um, and, and, and those that um, have not paid. This, is a, this exercise is not over. Um, we, we're continuing to, because um, the, the first contract that we gave to the seven service providers uh, came to an end uh, sometime last year. And the fund took over the, the functions. And you can see the commissioner will also give you details in terms of how um, uh, the UIF officials have fared in terms of uh, following the money. And I also know that there's a tender, there's a tender that they've adjudicated to again get other service providers to assist. And part of the response that we gave to AG is an indication of how long it will take for uh, the UIF to reach all the employers that um, you know that receive the test benefit. The commissioner will briefly share that, that information um, with you. So the the commitment that the minister made in terms of uh, ensuring that those that are not registered um, are being pursued. Uh, indeed, that is, uh, that, is, that is happening. Issues relating to operational uh, work of UIF and lines that are not being answered, I'll leave that to the commissioner, but I know that um, we have a call center um, that is fully functional. Um, and I'll leave that with the, with, with the commissioner. Um, there's a point raised by Honorable Mkonto on the same matter of the details of the DC cases. We will provide those, those details, uh, Chair. Um, as, as I indicated, that we've been very consistent in sharing the information. Um, On the question raised by Honorable uh, Zuma on the measures put in place to monitor performance across the department and its entities, um, we, we, each entity um, has its um, process in place to monitor um, performance um, on, a, on, a quarterly, on a quarterly basis. And, and in the department, um, we, we also have a rigorous process where we monitor performance uh, on a quarterly basis and we demand that in instances where um, there has there's not been any, or there are areas where performance has not been satisfactory, um, we demand that a process be put in place to make sure that that is corrected. If there's a need for a catch-up uh, program, uh, th- that is done um, to just to make sure that uh, um, at the end of the financial year we uh, we meet the, the targets. But most importantly, to make sure that we improve service to uh, to our people. The payment of invoices with uh, within thirty days. We also monitor this. Uh, you know, uh, we monitor it uh, rigorously, uh, Chair, because it's important that we. We, we pay service providers within 30 days. In fact, there's a report that um, we must submit to National Treasury on a monthly basis, indicating the number of service providers that we, we've paid and those that we have not paid and the reasons for, 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 for not paying them. So this is something that um, 
is also in the performance uh, agreement of the, the director general um, and uh, of course cas- cascaded down to all the, the senior managers in the department to make sure that we've got our finger on the pulse of um, of this because it's very important for small businesses uh, especially that we don't allow them to collapse because government uh, or the department is not paying them timely. I'll leave the rest chair for the commissioner and the UIF uh, senior manager that, that managers that are here to respond. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, Commissioner. Thank you, Chair, and thanks, DG. Um, I think DG has covered uh, a number of issues, so I'm going to focus on the one that uh, speaking to operations. But I think, Chair, just maybe to to add on the disciplinary uh, processes, um, I can confirm, Chair, that two. Uh, two uh, middle management members were disciplined and uh, issued with, with, with warnings. And we also have two um, SMS members that were, uh, whose disciplinary process had been finalized and issued with final written warnings. And there's one SMS member whose uh, disciplinary process has been finalized. We're just awaiting the presiding officer to, to conclude and submit the final report. But I think as a DG said, with respect to the full disciplinary process, we are waiting for the remaining of the presiding officer's report so that the next steps can be taken. I just want to move swiftly to the question raised by Honorable Vormarans around uh, slide nine and slide 21, where it says internal audit, there was no evidence to be validated. Yes, I can confirm indeed there was no evidence that required to be validated because in that target, there, were, there was no SMMB that was um, supported, and hence there, there, was, there was nothing to confirm. So the information is correct, Chair. Thank you. And then I, I just want to lift on the service delivery issues. Um, one of the things that we've done as a department is to decentralize all UI operations down to the provincial level so that the, the provinces own the clients. So that if um, the portfolio committee is visiting the provinces, the client belongs to the province and they can process all the claims at provincial level up to a labor center, owning that client and following the process to the T. And to this end, Chair, uh, the Minister and the Director General had approved that in the provinces we introduce UIF directors, which will enable um, these individuals to focus solely on the UIF operations. I think maybe right now, Chair, I can say, um, Chair and members, it could be early days for us to start to enjoy the benefits of the decentralization and appointment of these directors. I think maybe in the next quarter or two, we'll start to to pick up uh, the benefits of um, uh, this decentralization and also the appointment of the uh, directors. The teacher also mentioned that We've, we've procured the services of a, of a call center where we have a fully functional call center that they run with our call center functionality. This enabled us to, 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 to focus on other areas in, the, in, the, in our space. But with this call center, it's fully capacitated, there's full functionality. I think what we are, we, are, we are beginning to reap from the benefit of this call center is that the number of calls are, are, are dropping, but they're not dropping at the rate that we want. But it's because the call center is still growing into this new functionality that they're doing. But at, at least we know that the call center is there and is functioning. And over time, Chair, 
um, I, I think we'll start to see the benefit of, of this call center. Uh, the other thing, Chair, we are on the brink of concluding the appointment of a service provider that will help us to re-engineer the structures of both institutions, URF and Compensation Fund, with the intention, Chair, to ensure that the two institutions are fit for purpose and they function as Schedule 3A. I think one of the things that um, uh, oftentimes frustrate both the DG, the Deputy Minister, and the Minister is that as UIF, as Schedule 3A institutions, we are not able to procure our own ICT because we have to via through the CETA. And the DG has expressed his frustration with the CETA through to the minister, who in turn, the minister has already spoken to his counterparts to engage the CETAs. But the department is moving towards enabling UIF to function in the same fold as SARS, so that, uh, as you would know, that SARS does not have the same ICT issues as, as UIF does because SARS functions as a Schedule 3A institution, able to procure their own ICT uh, infrastructure, put it in place, but we rely on going through CETA. And CETA has its own challenges, and those challenges affect the functionality of both URF and Compensation Fund. And I think that's one area that we are working towards as a department, just to make sure that URF and Compensation Fund are in that fold, and they can also be able to procure the, the necessary services shared. I think that DG touched on follow the money uh, project, Chair. What I want to leave just to confirm to the members that with the project at high level, Chair, we follow the money that we have started. Uh, to date, uh, over 2,000 companies has been followed and pursued, and we've confirmed where companies have paid uh, money due to the employees. Uh, to date, Chair, we, we, we were able to recover 900 million from these companies, and we continue, Chairperson, to pursue these companies to make sure that money goes to the right people. And some of the cases, we have already reported them to both SIU and the Hawks, and they're being investigated. And because, uh, because of the sensitivity, some of the details we, we cannot divulge because of the nature of the investigation. We are on the brink of finalizing the appointment of uh, 11 service providers that are going to help us pursue every single cent that we've dispatched to these companies so that they can pay the, the employees, the money that was due to them. Uh, I just want to see, yes, I think there was a question raised around the, the vacancy rate and, chair, and with respect to the call center. And, and I have just mentioned, Chair, that uh, we have procured the services of the call center and we, we believe that over time, will start to enjoy the benefits of the call center and, and see uh, some of the call volumes and uh, dropping uh, Jefferson. And a number of staff are working from home as we speak, but I think with the new directive that was issued, we're anticipating that staff members are going to come to start migrating uh, back to the URF. And also with the call center migrating now to a, a centralized uh, departmental call center, we have additional capacity in the call center that we intend to start migrating to different functionalities to improve uh, capacity, including improving capacity with, within the labor activation program. Chair, I, I think I have covered uh, most of the questions, Chair. If I've missed any question, Chair, I apologize, but I think uh, members can indicate the questions that I may have missed. Thanks, Chair. I thank you very, <clears throat> thank you very much, Tichi, and the and the and the 
and the commissioner. <clears throat> we, if I, by the looks, I don't see any any follow up hands. And uh, yeah, we will we will when when we are wrapping up, I will come up on some of the of the of the issues. Uh, can we then get uh, the next presentation, Mr. Sakaza, which is Netlek? Netlek, yes. Uh, I'm going to share the screen. Uh, I am getting to trouble. Um, I can't you click on it and try to move it. Share screen. Um, Chairperson, can you see my? Sorry, I was struggling a bit. Yes, we can see your face and your and your presentation. Thank you. Okay, I'm just I just want to try put it onto slideshow. I don't know why it's not going. Oh, it is on slideshow. Okay. Um, good morning, uh, honourable uh, chairperson and honourable members. Um, the presentation that I'm going to do is um focusing on the first quarter, uh, and um, I'll look at our highlights and challenges, the performance against our KPAs, our financial report, and our risks. Um, in the period, that period in the first quarter, um, uh, unfortunately and very sadly, we lost a staff member to COVID, Similikiwe Sikiwe, and we also uh, lost one of uh, the business constituency uh, leaders who was very active in the UIF subcommittee from COVID. Um, if I go then to the high, sorry, uh, the highlights. Um, can I just check, person, if my screen is moving? Yes, it is moving. You were on highlights. Okay. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Um, so, uh, if you can recall, the first quarter uh, was really from April to June, which was the time in which the vaccine. Uh, rollout program was just starting and the social partners were very active through the COVID rapid response task team to support uh, the rollout of the vaccine program. And we also amended uh, or made recommendations to amend the health and safety direction under the OSH Act to incorporate employer and employer obligations regarding vaccinations, which was signed by the Minister of Employment and Labor. In respect of the economic recovery and reconstruction program, um, we worked hard on having a reporting portal so that the commitments that the social partners made could be monitored. Um, this was also very important. I think the, the portfolio committee is very interested in the progress of NEDAC fit for purpose. And there was a research report that was concluded by Mr. and the ILO. We had a workshop and we now have a clear way forward in this regard. And then internally, um, the EXCO had approved a revised organogram and we were able to start the implementation. There were some challenges. As I've already mentioned, one of our staff members passed away and um, it was also a difficult time with COVID uh, where, you know, the fact that um, um, uh, there was a lot of people who were, were ill. Um, we also had some problems in the chambers um, particularly with the Archer Trust team. And I think uh, you'll see now that the 
it has been contested by Outer, um, but even then we were struggling uh, to get a consensus on this issue. Um, and also with the Comprehensive Social Security and Retirement Reform Task Team, subsequently there is a report, but at that time we were also struggling to complete that. And again, uh, uh, you know, we always want to service our constituency that they engage appropriately, and we had quite a but again, all that has subsequently been resolved. So in terms of the indicators, I think as the minister uh, said, in terms of our core work, we got 100%, but um, some of the other work we uh, uh, we didn't do so well, um, which I'll explain on this slide. Um, so we had introduced, I think I've presented to the portfolio committee, a new strategic plan, uh, which included new indicators. And one of the new indicators was that 100% of IT complaints must be resolved within a set period of time, 24 hours. And I think we were overambitious about that because sometimes, um, you know, the staff member who had the complaint may not be available. Sometimes there's load shedding and so on. And we've subsequently changed the indicator so that if, you know, can't be solved through things outside of our control, then um, we don't... Uh, um, uh, we don't measure that time. Similarly, with staff training, we had hoped that we'd have a staff training plan in place, but um, it rested on performance agreements being signed, and we were also doing the restructuring process, as I explained, and that's why we couldn't meet this indicator. And then we introduced for the first time that organized biz business and labor and community needed to come with a plan um, uh, about how they'd spend their funds. And I think that took quite a while for them to get used to this new requirement. Um, then just to go to the, the work of the chambers, um, it, it was quite a busy period. Uh, there was a finalization of a research report on sugar sweetened beverages levy. There was engagement about the National Financial Student Aid Fund. And we started the process, which we're now completing on inputting on the one-stop border policy. Um, there was, it hasn't really gone that far, a initiative, a task team around extending your coverage to atypical employees. We are revisiting that this year. The skill strategy we're just finalizing now. And there was discussion on the finalization of a future of work report. Um, in, the in, in areas of labor and development, as I said earlier on, we struggled to uh, get consensus on the auto regulations. Uh, we did finalize subsequently the Central Application Services Bill, as well as the official identity management policy, land donations and beneficiary. And then I did talk earlier on about comprehensive social security, which we have subsequently finalized and we did finalize the National Health Insurance Bill comments. Um, in terms of Section 77 notices, um, we concluded two, one which was very long outstanding on crime in the Western Cape from Kusatu, as well as one from SAFTU on the defense of workers, socioeconomic. Um, in terms of COVID, uh, there was work done, as I said earlier, on health and safety in the workplace, vaccination rollout, starting to discuss the issue of mandatory vaccination at that point in time. On the liquor social compact, there was a lot of discussion. We haven't really progressed this, and it's really been in abeyance. Um, um, I think the inability to get a lack of consensus between government and business. Um, we have and continue to do work on 
education and behavioral change, and then uh, the COVID tours. Uh, in the period and subsequent, subsequently also, there is a lot of engagement with NAT joints on information sharing, on gatherings, on communication, and so on. In terms of economic recovery, um, uh, as the committee may know, there are four work streams on SMMEs, on public transport and freight, on localization and energy. And um, a lot of uh, um, information exchange, uh, particularly in the SME work stream, there was a lot of work on seeing how you can ease the, uh, doing business for informal sector units, as well as finalizing at that point in time COVID-19 relief for small businesses in distress. Um, on public transport and freight, I think it's more sharing of policy and, and inputs from government, like the public transport subsidy policy. On localization, this work has really been done by business, um, also together with Proudly South Africa and the DTIC. And on energy, um, there was work also uh, done. And we had one big meeting uh, to report progress. And as I said earlier on, we launched an app and we do produce monthly reports on economic trends. Um, in corporate services, I'm now moving away from programs. Um, as I indicated earlier on, one staff member passed away, one resigned, one was dismissed. We didn't have any recruitment, so we do have a high vacancy rate. But as I, you know, we had at that point in time, NEDLAC approved a new organogram and a new wage curve for NEDLAC which we've subsequently implemented. At a facility level, we are trying to improve our facilities with Wi-Fi, cybersecurity, um, and our uh, elevator and uh, air conditioning. In terms of the financial report, um, our, this is just the uh, finances. I'll talk about it on this slide. Um, you can see that uh, uh, our revenue is in order, but our expenditure was really below budget a surplus of 5.9 million. And uh, I think if you recall that period, you know, we were not yet sure where we were on COVID. Would there be a further waves? There were further waves. And so we continue. And I think the social partners now prefer to continue to work online, which means that we had a lot of savings on travel and accommodation, catering and refreshments. And we also had an underspend on consultancy fees. Um, we've subsequently adjusted our budget um, to take into account the various factors um, of, of understanding. Then lastly, on the risks, um, I think if you listen to my presentation, I think I've referred to the risks. Um, but generally, uh, in that period, we started to address the risks. And by now, we really have identified the risks. And in fact, at the end of um, the year we have done a new risk register where many of these risks are being closed and we are identifying new risks uh, going forward. Uh, Chipperson, I think that is the end of, of my presentation. Uh, thank you. Thank you, uh, Director. Uh, members, there are questions. There is the presentation. Can, we, can I get? I don't see any hands. One hand for now, Honorable Cado, Honorable Begram. Yes, Chair. Honorable Konto, Honorable Zuma, in that order. Honorable Cado. 
thank you, Chair. I wanted to ask my customary question about the latest state of play on the governance task team that was looking into NEDLAC statutes and protocols. I know I do ask this every time uh, that you appear before us, but I would just like to get an update on exactly how the recommendations of that task team are being implemented or taking effect at NEDLAC. And then secondly, I wanted to know whether the social partners had been engaging at NEDLAC about the possible phasing in of a basic income grant and whether you could provide more information as to where NEDLAC as a whole stands on that issue. Thanks. Honorable Graham. Sorry, I couldn't unmute myself. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Um, yeah, I wanted to know if NEDLAC has possibly tabled a relook at across the board our labor laws because it looks like a lot of the workforce is going to be doing virtual work from now on. It seems that people are preferring it, and I, I hear that the commissioner said that um, a lot of the social partners that she deals with would rather do it by Zoom or Microsoft instead of coming in. What we're finding at the workplace is that um, workers almost across the board are working from home. How do you implement the health and safety regulations, the uh, productivity regulations, the uh, regards to um, uh, work time, uh, time off, that sort of thing. And I, I think someone needs to have a look at some of our labor laws and see how we're going to handle this because at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of confusion. Um, so I just, I just thought it might be useful to have a look at that. And then just as an aside, has NEDLAC been approached by the ministry with regard to the quota that the minister is now boasting about for South African workers as opposed to foreign workers? So thank you. I don't understand the posting part. Uh, Honourable Conto. Thanks, Chair. Um, unfortunately, I I did not note the the slide, but um, uh, or oh, first of all, uh, let me uh, welcome the presentation. On that slide, say, uh, Chair, um, it is presented that the constituency uh, capacity building plans at zero percent because there is nothing that was submitted. I just want to check, Chair, if uh, the relationship between NEDLEC and those uh, constituencies is like a, 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 a doctor-patient relationship where only the patient has to go to the doctor or um, the, 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 according to the type of their relationship, they were also supposed to 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 request um, those submissions from uh, the constituencies, and if there is any agreement or whatever, at what frequency are those submissions uh, expected uh, between the two parties? Um, I.
Yeah, that is that is the question that I have, Chair. Thank you. Oh, okay. Um, I, I got it. I got it. On slide 10, Chair, there is this uh, error app um, that was launched according to the presentation. Um, maybe it was explained, but I did not get it. Uh, in full, what does this uh, ERRA in full, what does it mean? Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, thank you, uh, honorable members. Uh, just one question for myself uh, in appreciating the, the report. <clears throat> all members received, all of us received a correspondence from an organization called the Forgotten People of this country who are above 35 years in terms of employment. And in, in, in me reading that, that correspondence, I then uh, circulated it, I forwarded it to NEDLEG. And the reason that I forwarded it to NEDLEG to your office, it's because I, 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 I think everybody, not only parliament, but also stakeholders in, in, in NEDLEC uh, to, to look into that and, and, and respond and, and, well, advise policymakers, lawmakers on how to, to, to move, for, to approach the situation. I'm raising it because it's, it's, if it was then, it, that it was sent to all members. It's not a secret anymore. It then means we have got a, should I say a ticking time bomb or a, a sizable number of, of the citizenry that is concerned. And also as, as members of parliament and as this committee in particular, we also ought to be to be concerned. That's why I, I circulated it. And I find it very alarming and strange that there is no member that has raised that issue right across all, all, all political divide in terms of members of this portfolio committee. That that will be my 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 my, my question on that. What will be uh, what will be your view and how then do you do do you advise us to 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 process that matter. Thank you. Over to you, Executive Director. Uh, thanks, Chairperson. Uh, uh, so sorry, 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 Honourable. So much sorry, sorry. A, a minute. Uh, sorry. This Thank thing you, of not seeing your hand is a. Uh, <laughs> okay. Sorry, Chairperson. Thank you. Um, I, I, I just uh, seek a, a clarity uh, that uh, how far is the recruitment process for the identified post for the one who passed away and the one who has been dismissed? Secondly, why is the net leg performance regressing compared to the quarterly performance uh, report? Thank you, Chairperson. Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, Executive Director, over to you. 
Uh, or DG, if you also want to start. Chair, I think uh, Ms. Seftel can start. And I'll just add the chair. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks, thanks, uh, members, for, for those questions. Um, I'll just do, uh, respond to them in order. Um, Honourable Member Cardo, um, how far are we with the governance task team? So in the second quarter, the EXCO of, of NEDLAC approved a number of key areas that needed to be reviewed, um, including the role of NEDLAC, processes in NEDLAC, representativity in NEDLAC, um, the relationship between NEDLAC and uh, different parts of government and so on. And um, it was agreed that a that we needed to revisit. The way to give effect to these changes was to revisit the NEDLAC Act, the NEDLAC Constitution and the founding documents. And we are now in the process of finalizing a service provider who will work very closely with the governance task team in suggesting amendments, appropriate amendments to the documents that I've just mentioned. So um, I'm sure that we will even have started that process uh, by the end of this quarter. And we envisage in the next uh, financial year to systematically uh, work through the different documents and make changes, which would then be presented to the EXCO for approval and where it needs amendments, uh, you know, would need to come to, to Parliament um, and to the Minister as, 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 as would be determined. Um, the, your second question related to uh, what has been happening in NEDLAC in relationship to the uh, basic income grant. So I indicated earlier on that uh, there has been this comprehensive social security and retirement reforms task team. One of the comprehensive social security reforms is that of the basic income grant. It was extensively deliberated upon in NEDLAC. Research was also done um, for the social partners on the feasibility of, the, uh, of it. And the report on that is presently or currently on our website. Um, the social partners did indicate a preference for an instrument like the basic income grant in a NEDLAC report um, on the green paper of comprehensive social security that was issued by the Department of Social Development. Um, and that report is also on the NEDLAC website. Um, the department has subsequently withdrawn their green paper, but I'm sure the NEDLAC social partners are ready to further engage um, if that comes back, as well as any other proposals on a basic income grant. Um, in terms of Honorable Member Bagram's question, uh, it is a very important and pertinent question. Uh, maybe it is a question that Temin uh, Kosim Kalipi needs to address because it is really government that uh, has the responsibility to table labor law reforms. Um, but uh, it has been raised by, I think, most of the constituencies in NEDLAC that any reform of labor laws does need to look at the implications of remote work, um, not only in respect to the Labor Relations Act but, and basic conditions, but even, and as you point out, definitely the Occupational Health and Safety Act and the Compensation Act. Um, what happens uh, with compensation if I have an accident um, when I'm working in my home office? Um, uh, uh, then on the issue of quotas, so uh, um, at the end of last year, 
the Minister of Employment and Labour, and I think together with the Department of Employment Services, uh, came to NEDLAC and presented their, uh, what can I say, work in progress um, around um, the issue of employment policy and migration. Um, And the NEDLAC Social Partners did give their inputs. What I understand is the considerations of the Minister um, will be further processed and definitely, as I understand, uh, any firm proposals approved by Cabinet will be coming to NEDLAC for deliberations. Um, I think you may also be aware that NEDLAC has just completed deliberations on the critical skills list from the Department of Home Affairs, and that report is also on our website and available. Um, Then uh, to go to Honourable Mukonto, um, you raise an important issue, definitely not the doctor-patient relationship. Um, We definitely not only requested it, uh, these plans from the social partners, but we proposed a template and subsequently we engaged with them a lot in a very interactive way. And we do now have plans from all of them. Uh, I think there's still room for improvement on the plans, but this is really about building a different kind of of culture and approach in NEDLAC. And that does take um, some some time and and, and some process. Um, And the uh, on frequency of submissions, so uh, we want a plan once a year, and then um, you know they then in terms of the plan can request certain things like technical support or training and so on. Um, on the ERA app, uh, it sounds like the new ERA, but it stands for the Economic Recovery and Reconstruction Application, and what it does, it monitors the commitments made by government, by business, by community and labor in the economic recovery and reconstruction plan. Um, Then, Chairperson, in terms of the forgotten people who are over 35, yes, um, we did receive it at NEDLAC, and I did have a discussion uh, with the Department of Employment and Labor because I think any response needs to be joined um, uh, in terms of of that uh, age cohort. Um, I would say that, um, you know, in NEDLAC, there's a number of task teams and places where the issue of employment is raised and social protection, um, and particularly the community constituency, but supported by others, is concerned about the grouping between over 35, and that's why there is a you know, strong call for the extension of the Social Relief of Distress Grant with the understanding that it's not only relief, but it that amount of money enables uh, unemployed people to look for work um, as well as set up maybe small income generating uh, activities um, in what is called like township economy or, or, or circular economies. Um, uh, you know, I, I have to say that also within NEDLAC, there's a very strong, from the social partners, a strong concern that the ticking time bomb are the young people, but uh, definitely, you know, I hope together with government uh, and Department of Employment and Labor, as we discuss employment policy and labor law reforms, that that forgotten uh, cohort is also uh, considered. Um, In terms of Honorable Member Zama, um, so uh, in terms of the recruitment process for the dismissed person, we did 
try and recruit some uh, uh, for that. Uh, it's a manager in economics. And unfortunately, we didn't find a suitable candidate. We're going to restart the recruitment process this year. Um, in terms of generally the recruitment process, um, we uh, have uh, employed a, an administrator in the new structure. And uh, at the moment, I am briefing a new senior manager for corporate services who has just started today. Um, in terms of our performance regressing, in my mind, and I think in the mind of the NEDLAC uh, 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 Executive Council and, and, and MANCO, this first quarter was an anomaly because we had shifted from to new indicators. Um, and you will see in the second and third quarter that our performance is improving. I think I did explain at the beginning of the presentation that there were a number of anomalies and technical glitches related to our new indicators, um, which led to our performance being poor. And I think, as the minister said, where it matters in programs, our performance was at 100%. Uh, uh, Honourable Chairperson, I hope I have um, answered the, the question satisfactorily. Thank you. Yes, yes, executive director. I think you have. I'm not quite sure. Are these hands legacy hands? Honorable Cardo, Honorable Begram, Honorable Mkondo. So th those are old hands. Okay. Old hands, sorry. Yes, okay. Yes, okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, 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 executive Director, can we then get the last presentation, uh, Productivity SA? Chair, Chair, may I just before Productivity SA? Uh, yes, Chair. Just on the national labor migration policy, I just want to uh, inform the committee that. Uh, we have presented the um, the policy at cabinet, and we have been given a go ahead to go to um, to take the policy to NEDLEC. So the consultation process is is now going to start in 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 earnest on the national labour migration um, policy. I think there's also a question. In fact, it was a comment raised by um, Honourable Pakram on the uh, the need for you know changes in the labor in the labor laws to take into account the fact that people now work from home um and and and, and it's a very important uh, question or comment because um on issues of occupational health and safety and compensation um you'll know that uh, for instance for occupational health and safety uh, a house has always been in um in a no-go area and I think with the um, uh, Honourable Bagram will, will know this, with the, the operation of the law, um, we have automatically changed the, the house into a workplace. Now that the, the domestic workers, um, you know, um, are included in the, in the Compensation Act, um, again, the Honourable Members will remember the constitutional uh, court judgment on that, which we did not oppose because it was something that we we're already working on. So if you're injured at home, um, 
it's now a com- it will be now a compensable um, uh, incident. However, employers have to develop what we call working from home poli- working from home policy that really guides um, uh, what what will be happening the the hours of work and how performance will be uh, will, will be managed and what instruments uh, they will use to manage uh, performance so so that's what employers need to put uh, they need to put in place uh, the 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 next in the next six uh, six months to a year is going to be quite interesting because we will be taking to Nedlet a whole host of uh, amendments that um, that that will be requiring especially to deal with issues of small business and others uh, but when that time is right we will again come to the committee to share that information thank you chair uh, thank you dg thank you dg uh, productivity is in mr sakaza Thank you, Chairperson, and good morning to honorable members and the leadership of the department. Since uh, this is the first presentation in terms of the 2021-22 financial year, Chairperson, we felt that uh, it is important that we first share with the committee the scope and operating environment of uh, productivity essay. And we have tried to cover that in slides number three up to seven. But for purposes of today, in terms of this, I will focus on this slide uh, five, just to indicate to the committee that as we pursue a mandate of uh, improving productivity as well as employment growth. We are forced to work with economic cluster departments. In the department, we fall within the scope of the public employment services program. But then if you look at the slide, we've pulled out key issues that we have to be focusing on in line with the the mandate as it relates to other policy mandates as well as the government programs. And we have shared with the committee the issues that are specific to the National Development Plan, the issues that are specific to the Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Plan, the issues that are specific to reimagining the industrial strategy and district development model, as well as the international instruments that talks to the sustainable development goals, the Africa Agenda 2063, as well as the ILO Centenary Declaration for the Future of Work. And to emphasize that as we do work, we also play a critical role in the African continent. That is why we're talking about the Africa Agenda 2063, particularly on the issues around productivity and the quality in the continent. We are working with the ILO as well as uh, JICA, the Japan International Cooperation Agency, to ensure that uh, the capacity that uh, uh, South Africa, in particular productivity, say, has accumulated over a period of time 
is being shared with uh, other uh, productivity centers in the continent. And uh, in terms of slide number seven, we're just giving a picture of how then we are addressing productivity and competitiveness holistically. Because originally in the past years, our focus was more on the improving productivity and competitiveness in the work workplace. We have now migrated and grown to a point where we're looking at uh, productivity holistically in terms of uh, productivity and competitiveness holistically, whereby we look at it at enterprise level, look at it at sector level, as well as uh, at a macro level. And that is why the work that we do, you'd always find that the work that the DTIC is doing in terms of the sector master plans, we are directly involved in terms of those sectors, particularly the productive uh, sectors. Or uh, one would, would talk about the manufacturing uh, sectors. Furthermore, if you look at uh, slide number eight, I just want to highlight something relating to the last bullet point there in terms of the macro environment that uh, we are sitting with the uh, overall productivity growth that is low. And uh, we measure this uh, annually by October each year, we produce a productivity uh, report. The last report was produced uh, last uh, October. And next time when we come to the committee to talk to the third quarter report, we'll give you the outcome of, uh, of that. But for now, as we focus on quarter one of 2021-22, just to indicate that uh, in 2019, we have seen a decline in productivity. Again, in terms of slide number nine, one other issue that we are uh, vested with is the issue of a competitiveness landscape. Each quarter, I mean, in quarter one, quarter four of each year, we collect the uh, information which we submit to the Institute of uh, Management Development for purposes of measuring our competitiveness as uh, an economy. And as, as I indicate, when we come to report to the committee in terms of uh, quarter two, we'll be giving you an indication of the performance of our economy as it relates to competitiveness. But then we would like to give you the in information as it stands here that as of uh, 2021, we saw a regression in our competitiveness ranking from 59 to 62 out of uh, 64 countries. And we have shared the, the committee, the areas of concern. If you look at economic performance, government efficiency, business efficiency, and infrastructure, you can see that uh, we're doing badly in almost all the areas. And uh, some of these areas, if you look at economic efficiency, government efficiency and infrastructure, they are not uh, directly under the purview of productivity essay. And that is why we're saying we're compelled to work with others so that we continuously remind the country that 
These are the areas where you have to improve. Our focus area is around business efficiency in terms of uh, productivity and efficiency. And the department looks at at, uh, labor market efficiency. And then also we are involved in terms of management practices as well as attitudes and values in particular in the in the at enterprise level as well as uh, at sector level. So we felt it's important that we share this with yourselves so that whenever we make a presentation before you, you link the work that you do with uh, these uh, areas that uh, I have uh, indicated. Chair, if we go to slide 10, we would want, we are actually highlighting the fact that uh, South Africa has a challenge in terms of uh, informality. If you look at the over 2.5 million small enterprises in the country, over 1.5 million thereof are operating in the informal economy. And that is why our energy is focused on the small enterprises in particular, also looking at uh, how can we transition those in the informal economy, particularly those in the productive uh, sector, so that we begin to look at this issue of uh, if these enterprises are productive, the potential is we will have long-term competitiveness of our economy, as well as uh, sustained inclusive growth. So this is the, the space in which we're operating And when you then look at the slide 12 chair, we're just sharing with the committee the risks that are uh, prevalent in our our environment. And we consistently ensure that we look at this risk and ensure that uh, we mitigate them, particularly those that are within uh, uh, a space so that we don't find that uh, the entity suffers any any hiccups as it relates to these issues. Chair, with regard regard to performance in quarter one, I would like to focus uh, mainly on slide 13, just to give an indication that uh, we had uh, five strategic objectives And those were translated into eight performance indicators in quarter one, and that uh, we have achieved in terms of all the strategic objectives at uh, at 100%, which translates into every program that had to do work in quarter one was able to achieve what we set uh, ourselves to do. You can see we're showing this in terms of slide 14 per program. Corporate services is looking at uh, program one. And I think it's important at this point to indicate that one of the key indicators in terms of uh, program one, it's a settlement of invoice for service uh, providers within 30 days of receipt of of invoice. We consistently measure that, and I can confirm to the committee that uh, 
we have achieved that. In terms of uh, administration, the focus is, I'm, I'm sorry, program one, HRM, the focus is on, on training of staff. We will be reporting that to the committee in quarter four. The same with the uh, corporate uh, relations. We do, didn't have an indicator in that uh, space. Program two, which is competitiveness improvement services, we had the uh, three indicators and we achieved all of them. In terms of program three, a business turnaround and recovery program, we set ourselves at three indicators and all were achieved. And the committee would call when we table the annual report for the 2020-21 financial year, you gave us an instruction that uh, we should uh, always supply you with information about how we are progressing in terms of this area of work, whereby we're supporting enterprises that are going through distress. We have uh, submitted that report and I, I would imagine that the uh, committee members be able to go through the report and when there are issues they can always be raised with us we are raising this chair because with the COVID-19 and subsequent restrictions a number of enterprises were affected and they have been referred to us for intervention and we can confirm that we have been very successful in terms of our responses and then in terms of research, program for research, innovation and statistics, we have uh, during this uh, period tabled one report that has to do with the competitiveness improvement. And uh, hence we're saying uh, achievement was at uh, 100%. In this slide chair, we're just giving you a picture of where we were in quarter one of 2020-2021 financial year and how we have progressed in terms of uh, the financial year 2021-2022. And uh, I think without preempting questions, one, one member, honorable member asked, what are the things that you have put in place to ensure that you monitor and evaluate performance on a continuous basis. I can confirm to the committee that we have an internal audit, which is looking at our performance, but over and above that, we monitor, ensure that if we said we failed to achieve this, we put in place the remedial action as well as when is that remedial action to be completed so that we see some level of improvement. And we have seen that this is working, particularly if you look at where we were in 2020, 2021 at 40% in quarter one, and in quarter one of 2021, 22, we got to what we are used to being as a productivity center of uh, achieving 100%. This slide gives you just the, the impact in terms of the, the work that we do around the business turnaround and recovery program, as well as the competitiveness improvement services for that particular quarter. If you look at the business turnaround and recovery, we had three output indicators. The first one talking to the number of jobs saved. And you can see that uh, our target was over 1,000 
we achieved over 4,000 in terms of uh, the number of jobs that we saved. And the second indicator there is companies facing economic distress that are supported through the turnaround strategies. For quarter one, we targeted uh, 21, and the actual was 35. And I must indicate, the benefit here flows from the strategic partnerships that we have uh, established, including the clothing and, and textile uh, bargaining council, whereby they refer companies that has the potential to retrench workers to, to us for purposes of IRS, assisting them. This is paying dividend because we don't have to be running around looking for companies. We have a, a, some sort of a source from where we get the companies to support. And one other key thing that uh, we always do in that space is the workplace or future forums. These are the, 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 the workplace collaboration teams to ensure that once we have intervened, put their strategies for turnaround and implemented those, the future forum members will remain in the company, ensuring that uh, these are implemented and that the company is sustainable. In that, this instance, we targeted 63 future, future forum members to be trained and capacitated, and uh, our actual performance was 110. In terms of the competitiveness improvement services program, this is the focus in terms of uh, small enterprises that we are supporting in order to improve their competitiveness and uh, sustainability. You will realize that uh, for quarter one, our target was 250 and the actual performance was 328. And then in terms of the entrepreneurs, workers and managers capacitated to promote a culture of productivity, we targeted 400 and the actual performance was uh, 816. And then in terms of the productivity champions. Now, I want to make a distinction here. If you look at the business turnaround and recovery, we are talking about future forums. These are workplace forums that are sustaining our interventions in those companies where we intervene. But when you talk about the productivity champions, the target here is we, we are wanting to capacitate, particularly, as I said, we're looking at the 44 districts and the eight uh, metros. We would want to have at least a productivity champion in a district as well as in a, in a metro so that we gradually capacitate the country holistically to be a productive, productive nation. So in quarter one, we targeted 65, and then our actual performance was 135. So that, that the chairperson is in respect of the, our performance. And at this time, with your permission, I would request Mr. Mkolisid Thuja, who is our acting chief financial officer to take the committee through the financial report as well as the 
audit outcome. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Over to you, Mr. Uh, thank, thank you, CEO. Uh, morning, Chairperson and uh, honored members. Um, if you can move to the next slide um, on, on the financial performance. Yeah, um, the first quarter, we, as, as you are aware, we received funding from three departments. We received the main funding from um, Dan, um, Employment and Labor. We received funding from the UIF for the PTNR uh, program, as well as uh, from the Department of Trade Industry for our WPC program. If you look at both the Department of Employment and Labor and, and, and the DTIC, for the first quarter, we were on target in terms of the funding. It was received on time. However, we, we, were, we were behind on the PTNR. And the reason being, the funding was received around June 2021. However, given that the, the program had been suspended for some time, we had to then start capacitating the program, you know, and it took us some time until, you know, uh, early in the year. However, you know, to date, you know, if you see the quarter two and quarter three later, you'll see that the traction has actually uh, come about. And in fact, we have actually finally utilized all the funding for you know, the, the UIF. So, um, and in terms of the, uh, the expenditure, we are okay for the quarter one. We're still behind, you know, a, a target, but I think we're tracking okay. So for the for quarter one, we ended the quarter in a, in, a, in a surplus, you know, about you know, a, a performance. And when you look at it, you know, in terms of the programs on the next slide, you will see the allocation between the four programs that the CEO spoke about: program one, two, three, and four. Program one being the administration, program two being the CIS, three and four. In terms of the actual expenditure, you know, we're okay. On the CIS, it's just, it was just a timing issue. However, the correction, you know, took place, you know, during the year where both actual and, and, and the budget, you know, tracked each other correctly. And when you look at our performance for 2021, 2020, 2021 financial year on the next slide, uh, this just gives you a snapshot of how, you know, we've performed, you know, uh, for the year, you know. Uh, we received uh, an unqualified uh, audit report, which was unchanged from the previous financial year. Our revenue increased slightly, you know, by 3.7, which was good. You know, both irregular and fruitless expenditure was still at zero. So we still uh, managed to uh, control those. Our going status is still, you know, unchanged, you know, so we're still in a, a going concern. And you know, on the we actually improved from a deficit position to a surplus position for the first time in, in, in so many years. Um, this just a slide, you know, um, presentation on the financial performance. Thanks, thanks, CEO, and thanks, Chairperson. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, any questions, members? Honorable Bigram, Honorable Mkondo. In that order. May I go ahead, Madam Chair? Yes. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, as the Minister said when we opened up this meeting, uh, we are pretty low 
um, with regards to productivity in South Africa, in fact, so low, I think we're in the bottom two um, of the world uh, where it's been done. So there's clearly a problem. Um, I'm not sure how every other country seems to get it right and we just don't. And maybe if I could be so bold as to venture a suggestion in that Productivity SA starts working more closely with uh, the Department of Basic Education and Higher Education because it's obviously the educational institutions that are the start of this. Um, clearly, we're going to need people who can face different types of jobs and people who are more educated in maths and science. Um, in fact, I've just read a report now from the world's um, economic, uh, or I can't remember what it was, but they said that about 60% of the jobs that we know today in 20 years' time won't exist. Um, so we are destined to be a lot worse. I don't know how you can get much worse than being at the bottom of the pile, but we are destined to be worse when maths and science is so bad in this country in the first place. And I'm not blaming um, the commissioner at all or his uh, staff. I think he's being fed with a... Um, a rather raw egg um, to work with, and it's very difficult for him, and I'm just suggesting getting together. I've just read a wonderful book, and maybe um, the commissioner can have a look at it. Um, it's called Entrepreneurity by senior lecturer Steve Reed. He works at a college in Cape Town, or he lectures at a college in Cape Town where he teaches um, future graduates in um, becoming electricians and plumbers, etc., bricklayers, he teaches them about entrepreneurial work and how to become entrepreneurs coupled with their profession. And it might be something that um, uh, possibly the commissioner could look at to see, contact someone like that at the Cape College um, or any other college and see if they can start working together because it's, it clearly can't be business as usual. So thank you for listening to me. Uh, thank you, Honorable Bigram, Honorable, uh, non, Honorable, uh, Honorable Nunzeli. Thank you, Chair. Morning, morning, uh, Honorable Members. Chair, my, my point is basically sorry, on the... Sorry, before that, I don't know whether uh, uh, Honorable Kondo's hand was not up. Ne? I hope I'm not... Yeah, I thought you were missed. Yeah, you noted me, Chair, then I lowered my hand because I always forget after um, after you immediately noted me, I then lowered my hand. You but may continue. Okay. Um, no, Chair, I, 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 you can give me another chance, no problem. Okay. Okay. Uh, thank you, Chair. Chair, on the, on, the, on the points that have been raised uh, by the PSA, the Productivity South Africa, uh, firstly, let me appreciate the report. And secondly, uh, uh, congratulate the improvement that has been made, particularly with regard to the performance that uh, moved from uh, low for the same quarter uh, previously it moved from 40% to 100% uh, now. So meaning that uh, the, the, the entity is in fact uh, 
demonstrating quite capacity and capabilities to, in fact, to perform much more better. But going to the issues at hand, that is the issue of uh, the mandate and the ability to help uh, the country or our competitiveness uh, improve. The question, therefore, would be, to what extent is the entity going to be able to overcome the limitations or the conditions that have changed drastically in the work environment, taking into account uh, the conditions imposed by COVID-19 and the growing uh, uh, situation where people choose to work from home. Uh, how, uh, therefore, the PSA would, in fact, enter into the market and be able to realize uh, the, the improvements uh, that uh, the market is supposed to, to be embracing uh, between now and uh, going forward. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Nunzele. Honorable Mukondo. Thanks, Chair. Um, oh, I welcome the, the presentation. Um, Chair, um, my first question will be on the fact that we are now at the 62nd position out of 64 countries. Um, the COVID-19 pandemic, Chair, it's a, it's a global pandemic, meaning that even the countries that are um, performing better than us, uh, they've been um, affected by COVID-19. So my question would be, um, is it possible that um, as Productivity SA, um, we are able to get as to exactly what is it that the other countries are doing uh, better uh, than we do for the sake of uh, improving uh, our own our own situation. Number two, Chair, my question will be on the competitive productivity and competitiveness together with the tender system that we are having um, in our country, how does that affect um, our productivity and competitiveness? And what are the, uh, 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 points that can be given to us, advices that can be given to this country in as far as that um, uh, uh, is concerned. The unemployment, poverty, and inequality, the triple challenges. Um, is the inequality in particular, does the tender system contribute to that and what can be done? What advice can producti Productivity SA give to this country for us to be able uh, to to improve and then when it comes to the 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 slide dating that talked about the sustainable sustainable uh, employment um can the this uh, program of 
community development workers and the EPWPs um, be, be, be regarded as um, sustainable uh, employment? And if not, what, what is it that can be done to, to improve, to, to make those type of work to be uh, 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 sustainable? Um, and uh, to also check when it comes to the sustainable uh, 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 jobs chair, the issue of, I'll go back to the tender system and talk about the subcontractors and the workers that are being um, hired by the tenderpreneurs as to do, do, do the type of work given to such people can be referred to as sub, uh, uh, um, sustainable. Thanks, Chair. Uh, thank you. Thank you, honorable members. Uh, you may respond, uh, Mr. Mutumi. Th thank you, Chairperson. I think uh, the, the issue raised by Honorable Member Bahrain is appreciated because for, for all intents and purposes, it is important that when you look at uh, productivity and uh, competitiveness issues, you always look at uh, the labor market in terms of uh, demand, for, 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 for labor, as well as the supply of labor. So from a perspective of the supply side, indeed, the, 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 it is important that we work with the institutions, uh, both uh, the Department of Basic Education, as well as uh, higher education, science and uh, technology. But then in that space, we also include the universities and, and technicons. We, we have uh, gone as far as a signing memoranda of agreement with uh, three institutions of higher learning, uh, Tswane University of uh, Technology, the University of uh, Johannesburg, as well as uh, University of uh, Pretoria. And we are wanting to expand this so that we have at least uh, two universities or technical uh, univers yeah, higher education and, and training institutions per region because we're classified, we're organized into three regions. But at the center of our agreement, with the universities in particular is curricular development. So that, as you rightfully say, we begin to create a, a cadre of uh, qualified people, be it in industrial engineer, engineering and other fields, who would walk into the labor market, understand clearly what are the issues around productivity and competitiveness and begin to pull this uh, economy from the, the bottom end. And, and, and you're, you're so right. It's important that as we do these things, 
particularly as we look at slide number nine, you can see that uh, that infrastructure, a lever of competitiveness, it's actually talking to those issues that you have referred to, education, health and environment, scientific infrastructure, and, and then technology infrastructure. And in those spaces is also issues around uh, innovation. So we have, we, we're taking this matter very seriously as we do the work that we do. And I think uh, your issue link up to, in particular, the slide number five that we shared with the committee, as I said, look at the slide so that when we talk about the work that we do, you always gain an understanding of what are the key areas that we are targeting as we do this work. The issues raised by Honorable Nontele, we appreciate your, your, your comment on the, the movement in terms of uh, performance from 44 to 100%. There's a lot of work that we still have to do in this, in this space because the key thing that we're really wanting to, to do is to begin to show impact of our interventions. And that, that went into when we are crafting uh, performance, uh, key performance indicators, we're now shifting strategically from uh, indicators that has to do with the activity and then to focus on the, the outcomes. What difference are we making in terms of the enterprises that we have intervened in, but also that those enterprises, when they employ or when they create employment, it is actually decent employment so that uh, also they are able to improve the well-being of, of workers. And then the issue you raised also, it's about how to mitigate the limitations, including in relation to the change in nature of work. One of the experiences that we picked up in 2020, just when the pandemic hit our shores, was that a number of companies had to scale down operations. And then others just unfortunately shut down. And when you look at the, the CEDA report for that period, it gives a picture of the number of, of small enterprises, in particular those in the informal economy that just could not sustain the, the pressure in terms of uh, what was uh, coming our way. But then also for us as an entity, because the work that we do, we actually have to go to the shop floor to engage both management as well as workers on productivity and competitiveness issues. We were seriously impacted in that space. And that is why during 2021, you would see a performance at 44%. But then two things had to happen. One was to look at those enterprises where that can operate remotely. 
So we built a capability within Productivity SA for us to be able to also work remotely, but be able to reach the companies as and when they need our services. One thing that happened was because we were working remotely, we had to reduce the brick and mortar in terms of the spaces that we occupy in terms of our leases and so on. We're able to save close to 50% on our lease uh, costs. And that money was then deployed to ensure that uh, our productivity practitioners have the tools of trade, including uh, their being mobile. So we we invested uh, in technology to ensure that uh, we can be able to provide the same type of support to enterprises but online. And people would ask, but what about entrepreneurs in the rural uh, uh, areas as well as in the townships? Our argument has always been every entrepreneur has got a, a cell phone. With a cell phone, there's so much that can be done in terms of a training program. So we sort of moved into that space to begin to ensure that uh, we offer our services online and then also ensuring that those enterprises that can also be able to connect and in their connecting, then we can be able to interact with them. So the issue, and, and you will notice Again, in terms of slide number nine, we are giving you a picture of our understanding of the work that is happening in the ILO space as it relates to the future of work. And I must indicate we're working very closely with the ILO to capacitate us as well as the enterprises that we support. In partnership with the ILO, we are also implementing a program called SCORE that is targeted uh, at the small enterprises. Our focus was in this, in terms of this program on the clothing uh, sector because it was mostly affected. Uh, Honorable Mkonto raised uh, fundamental questions. I may not directly respond to others, but I will give an indication of our view as a productivity center. The fact that we moved from 62, I mean, from 59 to 62 out of 64 countries is definitely a worrying factor for us. And again, if you look at the areas of concern, you raised the question, can we pick up lessons? from elsewhere? The answer is yes. Because all that you do, the work that we do, it's, a, it's about measuring and evaluating productivity and competitiveness holistically. So the first thing that we did, we approached the Director General to say, DG, we've got instruments that measure and evaluate productivity and competitiveness. And those are in line with one, the Institute of Management Development, as well as the World Economic Forum. So they give us a, 
a lot of data that has to do with uh, the competitiveness of nations, but they also give you indicators of what are those nations like your singer, Singapore, why are they in their first day uh, top 10? You also find uh, uh, the Nordic countries, they are in the top 10. What is it that you can learn out of them? So we always uh, pull out those things. When we table honorable uh, Konto and, and members, when we table the competitiveness report for 2022, we will show you the areas where we have improved as a country, the areas where we have regressed as a country, but would also show you what the top 10 countries are doing and what are the lessons that we can, we can pick from those. You can see in this slide, just there at the bottom, we're showing you the challenges that have been picked up in that report. These are the things that we should focus on and everybody else elsewhere. It's, it's, it's focused on, on those to ensure that uh, they are competitive. The second issue that you raise is the issue relating to the impact of the tender system. For all intents and purposes, one would not talk about the impact thereof because we have not really analyzed that. But the issue becomes, if a company has been given a tender by government and that company's productivity and competitiveness has to improve, that's the space in which we would uh, come in to say, in terms of quality, these are the issues that you have to do. In terms of speed, these are the things that you have to do. In terms of employee morale, these are the things that we, you have to do. So if there are entrepreneurs who have been given any tender and they want to improve their efficacy, where we are a to-go-to -to enterprise. I must indicate that in discussions with the Small Enterprise Funding Agency, as well as uh, Industrial Development Corporation and the National Empowerment Fund, because we always argue that government is the funder of first resort. But then our argument is the funding should be linked to productivity outcomes. We believe that if as a country we adopt that approach, that when government fund is small enterprises, that is, as, as it is the strategic objective of government, those, uh, the funding should be linked to productivity outcomes. And linking those actually talks to these uh, four issues that we're talking about, their performance economically, their performance in terms of uh, governance, their performance in terms of business efficiency, as well as the performance in terms of uh, infrastructure. So we believe that if we just look at this slide, we would be in a position to get to a point where we say, if we want our enterprises to be competitive and sustainable, which is in a way leading to 
sustained and inclusive growth. If we can manage this slide as a country, I can assure you we will be a, a winning nation. When it gets to issues around uh, uh, EPWP programs, whether they are sustainable or not, my argument is if we build into those programs productivity and competitiveness measures so that when those workers emerge out of those programs, they do have portable skills. Which skills could then be transferred to other, other sectors? And that is why in our engagements with the Unemployment Insurance Fund as well as the CCMA when it comes to the TES uh, program, we, we always talk to the issue of transitioning as well. How do you transition those workers out of the EPW? EPWP program into the, the formal economy. So there's a lot of work that can be done in that space, particularly as we talk about the uh, transitioning of both workers, as well as the uh, transitioning of small enterprises that are operating in the informal economy. So Chair, in, in, in a nutshell, if you want a competitive and sustainable enterprises, productivity interventions are the solution, are part of the solution. And then, but however, it is important that we also look at uh, other instruments in terms of uh, economic performance, government efficiency, as well as infrastructure. I, I hope I'm, I'm, I've been able to summarize the first check. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Mr. Matomi. DG, is there anything that you'd like to add? DG? Thank you, Chair. Chair, no, I don't have any issue that I need to add, Chair. Thank you. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't see any other hands. Uh, is DM still around? I'm there. I'm still here. Okay. Uh, the person. I'm still here. Uh, uh, I, I I don't see myself when the um, the presentation is still on 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 here. So I can hope honourable members are able to see me. Can this Zolana? Can this presentation be taken off the screen, please? <laughs> Zolan? Yes, sir. I'm Mr. Mutunya must yeah, take it off. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Asumbo, 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 uh, no, thank you, thank you. I, I also can't see myself, but it's fine. Thank you, um, Honorable Person, and thank you, members of the Portfolio Committee, for the opportunity. I'm not going to be uh, detailed because the Minister has uh, already opened um, 
but I want to thank uh, you, Chair, for this opportunity and thank all the presentations already made by our, our, our presenters from the commissioners, the CEO, and the executive director from the uh, network. Um, safe to say, Honorable Chairperson, I think uh, uh, we, we need to commit as, as, as the department that uh, um, in terms of the, the UIF, um, we are happy of the continued improvement, but we want to also assure that uh, the committee that we will need to, we are going to continue monitoring the situation uh, and, and make sure that we, we report to the, to the committee um, uh, frequently on, 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 on matters that relates to uh, the improvement uh, in the UIF itself. Uh, but also um, in terms of the UIF itself, we, we are going to make sure that we continue to recover the outstanding monies um, uh, in terms of that uh, um, activity of following the money. Uh, we are going to continue to recover the money that is outstanding, especially uh, with those um, employers who receive the monies and never disperse the monies to the employees. And I think uh, we will have to also take steps, uh, legal steps against those uh, employers uh, um, uh, who, who, who never disperse the monies. And, and that is also something that we need to, to be a standing agenda item where we, we, we give feedback to the portfolio committee about such companies. And I think it is up, uh, now um, uh, time for us to name and shame those that, uh, despite the fact that we have made such a call, uh, but those companies continue not to disperse the money and not even retaining the money back to, to, to us. And therefore, we need to name and shame them. So we will make sure also that uh, um, uh, we will keep the portfolio committee abreast of developments in terms of other outstanding DC processes that, has, uh, that are still outstanding, that are continuing. We'll make sure that we, uh, we, we report back to... to um, I'm sure um, uh, we might have not mentioned the fact that uh, uh, we want to continue to... Um, uh, repurpose uh, lab uh, uh, programs uh, with specific focus on component of enterprise development, similar to one of the pro lab projects we have launched in the Eastern Cape. And I'm sure at some point, honorable members will want to, uh, when they are in the Eastern Cape, visit such a project that we have launched in the Eastern Cape, which is a lab project. Uh, in terms of the program of the portfolio committee, you will be very, will be very interesting for the committee to visit such projects, just to go and see the work that we are doing in terms of lab projects. But with um, the issue of the network, uh, honourable uh, members, uh, I think we we also committing committed to uh, reviewing the network protocols and to position network to be an institution with which will impact positively to issues relating to the economy. I will not dwell much on congratulating them on their improvements because the minister has done so, uh, Honourable Chairperson. And I think there is also an improvement that we see in terms of uh, productivity as a so, and as they have reported um, uh, to issues that uh, of their challenges in terms of the quarter, uh, I, I take it that uh, uh, committee members has engaged on the, on the issues, but as, as, as 
as we, we look forward, as always, uh, honorable members, honorable chairperson, uh, to your guidance as a committee and more meaningful uh, contributions. And uh, I, I take it that uh, uh, I've come to the end of my uh, closing remarks and we thank you uh, once more. And, and we take your, your inputs, uh, um, we don't take them um, uh, personal, we take them as helping us uh, to reshape and build where necessary in terms of the criticism uh, that we get uh, that is uh, progressive and, 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 and productive. And I think we will improve on, on the issues where there is a shortfall in terms of information and make sure that uh, in the next reports uh, we, we give uh, better inputs and, and better reporting. Thank you so much, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members for your audience. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Th thank you, TM. We, I, I, I do think, uh, and, and thank you for, for DG and your team for the for the presentation and also thank members for, for their responses, for their questions and subsequently responses from the, from the, from the entities and the department. And I want to make this humble appeal to us as members, which I think the DG has, has, has responded to that. And I want to make this uh, 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 should I say intervention or directive, which is will be an unfair directive. It is true, honorable members, that we are always kept abreast, informed by the department on issues that are sensitive, in particular around UIF. UIF and Compensation Fund has been one of the entities that during the hard lockdown, we have been calling them month in, month out. I don't think, honorable members, it is really fair that we, we, we come across and ask questions as if we are not briefed on some of these issues. And an issue that I want to, to uplift is that the issue of suspensions in the, at, at the UIF. And therefore, DG, uh, uh, DM and DG, please, can you please have a spreadsheet just to, to, to remind us of these matters that have been asked. SIU was yeah, we, I don't think the department, and I don't want to, be, to sound as if I'm defending the department. I don't think the department has got two, two protocols, has, has got that, that responsibility to rush whoever is presiding over a ADC in whatever Area. And my understanding that is something that we are to know as activists and as public representatives. And therefore, I, I want to say that there's, there's nothing wrong in asking a question, but there's everything challenging in asking a question as if a matter has never been reported to, to us. Secondly, 
I'm humbly again requesting to members, if there is a labor center that is not functioning and doing its work, and entities in that labor center are not doing, and community citizenry workers are frustrated, name, name that area. If it is Gabecha, name it. If it is George in the Western Cape, it must be said, a labor center in this, it must, we must not say, we must not res, uh, uh, comment and respond and, and ask questions as if all labor centers in this country are not functional. It will be unfair to public servants. It will really be unfair to, to, to staff employed by the Department of Employment and Labor. So that we know who are not pulling up their socks in, that, in those departments, in those areas. Let me give an example. I was called by a worker that was extremely frustrated. And he said, I'm from, I'm staying in Stetteram. I'm from a King Williamstown uh, office. And I'm told there that, uh, that uh, 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 the systems are down. And I said, fine, but how am I to know when if, if systems are down? And that young man was so frustrated and said, what type of a chairperson are you that you don't know when systems are down in the, in the uh, you are a chairperson? I said, but I can't know all of them. And the list that I, I did at the time I called the, the, the provincial head of the Eastern Cape and gave her the particulars of this young man. And, 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 and that was resolved. And the, the, the client came back to me and apologized for being emotional. And I was told why he was emotional because he was justified for being emotional. Please, honorable members, for us to be able for us in us conducting our, 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 our oversight and wanting the department to account, let us be specific. I am humbly requesting. I know we want this department to do the work and we want them to do the work as, as quickly as yesterday, but let us really be specific. In our next uh, report of the quarter that we'll be receiving, we will then have to, 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 to do that. Having said that, I think we have got a, 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 a responsibility. What Netlake has, 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 uh, has, has reflected and what Honorable Begram has, has, has reflected, which is very, very much uh, 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 important, for the country and for us to look into this, that, that now that people that are working at home, what, what then happens to our labor laws? But I want for the, I know that the, the, the community, the country is listening to those that are listening. I don't think that then means that we will then, there are laws that will then have to be to be, to be, to be what? To be changed or to be, I'm just looking a better word. 
because we can't allow that system, that situation to happen. But it necessitated us to really look into how best then do we ensure now that people are working at home. The last thing back to UIF, I agree with you, DM. As much as we want to know corrupt members of staff of UIF, which is correct, communities, which is correct, we must also know, we must be told, we must be told of the private sector companies that have defrauded UIF. That we are to know. The country, as much as the country is to know the staff and the communities, it must also know both public and private. The departments, those people that are working in the departments that have defrauded. I'm raising this with 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 with, with, with pain, and 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 I and I hope members will will understand because. We are, we are faced with these responsibilities. We are faced with these challenges. We have been given an added mandate, which on the 23rd of, of March, we are to receive that. But in us, ourselves also, in us conducting our oversight, which is parliament, committees of, of, of the National Assembly are under scrutiny by the entire, by the entire country, through what transpired outside Zondo Commission was we are asked a question, where were we? How, how are we ensuring that these issues are laid bare for the country to know, but not only for the country, but for the betterment of government that is providing services to our, to our, to our citizenry. I, and uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, thank you very much. We will then uh, we we are having our next meeting and uh, and next week. And I hope again. I hope DG GM and DG, you are prepared for the twenty third of March, because twenty third of March is going to come, and we are really going to dedicate our time uh, uh, on 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 that matter. Having said that. Thank you very much. Uh, our meeting is uh, stand agenda until we meet next week. And uh, Mr. Bigram, I hope you are one of those that are going to attend Sona Physical. I still want my chocolates. Good afternoon. You may go. You may have your lunch, uh, honorable members. Bye. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Bye-bye, Mama. Bye-bye, everybody, Bye. colleagues. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.